This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome citizen. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Digital Citizen episode 182. With me, I have Luke. Hello, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Indeed. Uh, how's your week been? Pretty good. Uh, it's really nice. I got a lot of stuff done, like in the garden, planted some tomatoes and potatoes and different things, and then... I don't know, the last three days it's been rainy and crappy and depressing. Yay! Yay! <laughs> that reminds me of a book or a movie or something. What do you do in your garden? Where did they say that over and over again? Do hmm. you remember that? No, I don't. Hmm. No. What, you got me on that one. Do, what do they do in the garden? I, I'm, I'm sure some... The film buff or TV buff is screaming it to the podcast. Maybe. Uh, It sounds like an M. Night Shyamalan thing. Like, the person would be like... uh, The twist would be that they were planting humans in the garden and growing them the entire time, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. That's funny that you you talked about that, because I saw an M. Night Shyamalan movie this week. We'll talk about that later. That's a little tease. For the movie round, um, my week's been up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down, but I'm extremely looking forward to this weekend. Uh, oh yeah, there's a yeah, I am wrestling. Yes, um, I'm not looking so much forward to the wrestling part of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But uh, uh, it's hanging out with with people I like uh, on Skype. I like doing that, especially for eighteen hours because that's WrestleMania. Something like uh, that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, on Friday I'm hanging out uh, watching NXT. Uh, Luke will maybe do that or maybe not do that. It depends on if I have to work or not. It, yeah, so it's still yeah. up in the air right now, but probably right as of now, I'm uh, my my day is free on Friday, so yeah. Nice. Uh, Saturday is uh, the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to see that live. That's my sleeping uh, day. Is Saturday. Okay. There's nobody uh, really important going in anyway, so it's not a very good yeah. Hall of Fame to be honest. I'm going to I'm going to watch it 
uh, after the fact. Oh, okay. I don't think it's even going to be worth that. I mean, I'd have to look up who it is, but I think the biggest people that are going in is DX. So, if you're really interested in watching that Triple H speech, then yeah, maybe. Uh, 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 There's other people I'm more interested in. But, uh, um, then on Sunday, it's WrestleMania. I mean, three days of and uh, in in between there, uh, there will be the big uh, uh, show in uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, the New Japan show. I, New Japan show. Mm-hmm. Bill is going to that on on Saturday. Oh, yep. He's not. Yeah, he's not going to WrestleMania. He's going to that. So, uh, for in-depth look at uh, what the cards is this weekend, I recommend uh, listening to that wrestling show. Uh, we go in-depth with everything you want to know about WrestleMania weekend. And we do WrestleMania predictions uh, that is not bound by, oh, I have to bet something else than Luke Dust. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I mean, did you watch either Raw or SmackDown this week, or even like the I, small I versions? You watched both. Of them? Okay, yeah, me, I did. me too. I did, uh, I watched the I, YouTube versions, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I watched the YouTube versions of it, uh, mostly to be just uh, watch. Uh, it's the two last shows before WrestleMania. I would it would be a little strange. Going into WrestleMania without watching either Royal or SmackDown. Right, unless you've listened to a bunch of podcasts, you know all the storylines and everything, then it probably wouldn't right. matter. But, uh, yeah, it's good to watch. I mean, I don't really feel like... I watched the last two weeks. I don't feel like I missed anything in the last few months. So, uh, just by listening no. to podcasts and other things, so... Uh, there's uh, someone special in my life's birthday. Happy birthday, that's someone. Okay. Uh, what else uh, is going on? Uh, well, we were going to talk about T-Series versus PewDiePie and how T-Series passed, but PewDiePie passed them again. So Yeah. He, he even uh, uh, published a track. I think that's what did it. I think the music video came out and then it got viral, and then I think he's now almost 200,000 subs up when he was down uh, before the music video, so... <laughs> I like that. It's, it's funny. Oh, it's going to be a like, back and forth oh, for a while, I think, is what yeah. we're going to see, yeah. Congratulations, video. You won. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was very good, this, this track, to say it mildly. Yeah, I posted it on our Facebook. If you want to check out our Facebook, uh, Another Digital Citizen, it's on there. Um, and... I feel like this must have been the thing I'd heard him talk about that he was going to post like he had made yes. a while ago and yeah. he planned yes. on posting it, but then it took so long for this to actually happen that, uh, yeah, he must have made that like six months ago is my guess. At least, yeah. Uh, and it has uh, some cameos. That is kind of funny, especially the last one. Oh, yeah. That is very good. Yeah. So we'll watch it for all of that. Uh, I really don't want to go into the news. I'm kind of stalling because <sighs> we don't really have any nice or 
cool or fun news this week. It feels like we're we're just have crap to talk about. <laughs> That's funny because but, of our last story and what it's actually yes. about for you to say that. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that one's kind of funny, and I think there's one other kind of funny one about psychosis. We'll talk about that in a second. Do you know what I did this week? What? I, I almost watched three hours of defamation. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Defamations? I don't know what that Defimitions? is. Defamations? Definitions? Like the things in... No, defamations. Like, uh, I watched the video of him talking to the camera. What do you call it? Uh, I don't know who you're de- talking de- about. Desposition. Desposition. Oh, of who? Of, of Alex Jones. Oh, right, okay. Yes. We didn't say I, that. I had, <laughs> it, I, ha- I had it in the background when I was cleaning today. I listened to his... This is this is deposition. That's hard. Yes, it's hard to say. But uh, let's talk about uh, Brexit news because if you listen to the end of the podcast last week, uh, you will hear us talking about oh, we're waiting for Brexit news, um, and I think it was approximately half an hour between we ended our talk sure maybe a little more actually uh, uh, minutes. something like that it was within the hour yeah. though because i had oh yeah <laughs> i had gone and like got something to eat and uh d- did a few things and came back and you had sent me a message uh basically saying nothing happened oh, <laughs> yeah nothing absolutely happened they had the vote and none of the votes uh, came true then on Friday, uh, Theresa May uh, 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 gone uh, in front of the parliament again, uh, gave the same Brexit uh, speech as last time, and lost the vote by 69 votes, I think it was. Uh, yeah, there were a few votes, uh, different votes about different things, and I think one of them only lost by three votes, and then, uh, uh, yeah, there were a few other ones, yeah. Yeah, but on Friday, she lost it on, 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 with 69 votes, I think. Uh, I'm seeing 58, but you're pretty close. Oh, 58. Okay, yeah, yeah 58. Uh, but uh, now it comes out that uh, um, the Prime Minister is asking Corbyn to break uh, the deadlock. That is never going to happen, and I will surprise <laughs> after you talk a little about it. Uh, she's saying she will ask for another extension on the Brexit deadline from the EU uh, to break the logjam in Parliament. The Prime Minister says she wants to meet with Jeremy Corbyn, the Labour leader, to agree on a plan uh, for future for a future relationship with the EU. But she insisted her her withdrawal agreement which was voted down last week, would should remain part of the deal. Uh, Corman sa- said he was very happy to meet with May and would ensure plans for a custom customs union and protection of workers' rights were on the table. The cross-party talks uh, offer an angered Tory Brexiteers with Boris Johnson accusing, the mi- accusing ministers of entrusting the final handling of Brexit to labor. I mean, you kind of mm-hmm. have to work with them to get this passed in Parliament, because it's never going to happen if you don't. 
Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there was an article uh, sent out 22 minutes ago by BBC saying uh, they ha- held constructive talks. Okay, let's check this out. Talks, uh, talks between Theresa May and uh, Jeremy Corbyn to break the deadlock has been called constructive. The two leaders met on Wednesday afternoon and agreed on a program of work to try to find the way forward. That is interesting. Uh, speaking on the meeting, Corbyn said there has not been as much change as he expected in the Prime Minister's position. Uh, right. But uh, it, a spokesman for Number 10 said both sides, both sides were showing flexibility. So they're trying to work with each other, I guess? I mean, these yeah. two working together is just very strange because yeah. they were like in an Walter election Morgan. together or against each other very yeah. recently. It's like Voldemort and Harry Potter working together. Deciding, <laughs> right? <laughs> deciding, deciding not to fight each other. <laughs> who's Voldemort and who's Harry Potter in this... Uh, <laughs> I think I think it's all well. I guess it depends on wh- which side of the aisle you land on. I guess. <laughs> With w- w- another digital citizen thinks Theresa May is Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the name that shouldn't be talked about. Yeah. No, but uh, but it's uh, it's funny. What's even more funny um, is this uh, protester. Uh, protesting that happened this deal because they had a Brexit debate about debate and uh, uh, about uh, uh, climate and uh, the MPs were discussing Brexit and uh, yeah we'll see uh, a little video later but police have arrested 12 people on suspicions of outraging public decency after climate change activists stripped off stage protest in the House of Commons while the MPs debated Brexit. Should we just play the video? Sure. In three, two, one, play. <laughs> you hear them singing and they're naked and some is wearing a gas mask. Some are women, some are men. I'd say there's five women, about five guys, it looks like. Maybe ten people in yeah. total. I would so, say twelve people, so... I'm so uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm not seeing the other two people, <laughs> but they might just be hidden kind of somewhere. Right. No, I think that guy was wearing an elephant mask. That wasn't a gas mask. Oh. So oh. I think it's because of the climate change protest, so he's representing a... Uh, animal that's going extinct probably is what's going on there. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I thought it was. A I thought it was at first too, and then they panned back, and I saw the ears, and that's what gave it away from it. Ah. Yeah. So that is uh, kind of uh, funny. Um, MPs were seen uh, taking a glance of uh, the protesters and Speaker John Barrowman maintained that the debate on the second stage of the Brexit alternatives would. Uh, proceed despite the protest. So, 12 people arrested. Wow. Yeah. They're all very good. Uh, they're all very uh, fit protesters, I gotta say. There wasn't any, like, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I guess you kind of have to be if that was your plan. It was to get naked in front of Parliament. You'd probably want to be. You'd probably work out a little bit beforehand. <laughs> it wouldn't be me. <laughs> a fat Norwegian just standing there. I mean, it happens. It's happened in the past. Yeah. I've seen a lot of those naked protests in the past. I mean, that's kind of a new... I think we've talked about this before. It's kind of a new uh, mode of, tr of uh, protest is the naked protest. That I think it's... I don't remember this being a thing when I was a kid. Maybe it was. Uh, I know, like, in the 60s, women would uh, burn their bras, but it's not like they weren't wearing a shirt, right? Now we just completely naked is where we've gotten to, which I think it's okay. I'm down with it. If it works. <laughs> well, that's the question. Does it work, though? <sighs> well, I'd have to see evidence of one of these protests and see if it ever did anything, and I... My guess is probably not, but who knows? I could no. be wrong. We could be wrong. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Um, uh, uh, U.S. tech uh, giants uh, targeted in European Parliament online copyright bill, or as we call it, Article 13. <laughs> Take us through this. EU lawmakers approved a copyright directive Tuesday intended to give writers and artists more protection of their creative rights and incomes. Outspoken critics say the uh, contentious measure could have major implications for U.S. tech companies and could censor anyone who posts on the Internet. The European Parliament voted 348 to 274 to pass the online copyright bill with 36 abstentions. Opponents argued the legislation, which has been in works for three years, would stifle freedom and creativ creativity online. EU's member countries gave the measure uh, preliminary approval in February and have final reviews set for next month. Uh, the directive largely updates existing copyright law. If enacted, companies such as Apple, Facebook, and Google uh, would likely have to pay European artists more uh, to do more to keep work that appears online from being used without permission. Uh, but two of these sections have become particularly controversial, one because it makes companies responsible for proactively filtering out copyrighted material that is uploaded, uh, and the other concerns how information from news organizations is linked or quoted. That's the one that we should really be worried about. Uh, mm. Especially considering how uh, some of the mainstream media is spins things, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this when I was reading this. this uh, would we be attacked under Article 13? <coughs> um, well, uh, we I'd have to read into it, but everything we do... Uh, here lands under uh, anything we use, like as far as like news news videos we watch, we're commenting on it, so it's under fair use, as well as trailers we use. That's fair use because we're uh, commentating uh, about it, and uh, tra it's transformative. We're not just pl outright playing it, you know what I mean? Um, mm. So in that sense, unless they've gotten rid of the idea of uh of that which i'd have to see the actual document but um i don't think i don't think fair use is gonna go away no 
Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm a little worried about. I guess uh, we'll have to like, see. I mean, if they want to stretch it, they might be able to do that. But uh, uh, we d we don't earn anything. So how do you copy strike um, a podcast? Uh, it's possible, I guess. Um, they the the first thing is they'd have to find us, <laughs> uh, which I guess is right possible. But even because we talk over all these clips, the algorithm would have to be able to recognize the clip. Oh underneath us talking about it which is it would have to be a pretty advanced algorithm but i guess it's possible uh but i doubt they're coming after us for especially since we don't make any money if we made if we were making hundreds of thousands of dollars doing this then I, then okay mm. yeah no i i i i guess i i hope you're i hope you're right i i i just uh it's it's a strange ruling and a, it's a very strange case. Right. If any, if anybody knows more about Article Thirteen than us and can tell us what it entails when it comes to fair use, uh, go ahead and send us an email at another digital citizen at gmail .com. Yes, please do. Uh, talking about strange news, uh, John Biden has been in the news this week as well, uh, because there's a second woman now out uh, accusing the ex-vice uh, president for unwanted touching. I saw breaking news uh, on YouTube last night uh, that said, this, uh, it was from Status Coup, saying there are two more women that have come out as well, uh, making the total four at this point for Ooh. It's not being as ta talked as much because uh, I don't think those ones were as publicly released. I think they were in articles, but as I'm to understand, it's up to four, but we're going with the two as of now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, a second woman has accused U.S. Vice President Joe, or former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden of inappropriate touching as the leader of the Democrats mulls a White House bid. I think Fro said last week he doesn't think uh, Biden's going to run. There's a lot of people no. saying it. Now I think it would be really, uh, it would be completely out of touch for him to get in the race. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no. Uh, now, now, if he does it now, I will be extremely surprised. Uh, Amy Lapos said Mr. Biden had touched her face with both hands and rubbed her nose. Uh, Rebbed noses with her uh, a decade ago. The allegations come after another woman, Lucy Flores, said Mrs. Biden kissed her on the back of her head at a campaign event. Mr. Biden said he did not believe he acted inappropriately. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, I listened to the Lucy Flores bit, and it sounded like he didn't just kiss her on the back of the head, at least according to her. He came up behind her, uh, like... He didn't say he was coming up behind her. He just snuck up behind her, like put his hands on her shoulders, like uh, kind of up, being over the top of her, and then started smelling her hair fro, and then Ew. kissed her on the head. <laughs> See, that's the part they're kind of leaving out here. That's like the creepy part. Uh, and if you go and look up online, this is the pro. Like um, in the past, especially with other uh, kind of accusations like this that have happened. Uh, We've always been you. We, there has to be evidence from both sides, 
and I totally agree, except in this case, there's so much ev- video and photo evidence of Joe Biden doing these exact things that it's a little bit hard to um, dismiss that much video and photo evidence of him doing these things. Uh, but still, got to give him the benefit of the doubt because it's his word against theirs. You know what I'm saying, from? Mm-hmm. But like I said, there is so much evidence and photos and videos of him doing this to other people uh, that it. some of them are even creepier, especially when it's like a young girl that you're seeing in certain videos of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mrs. Lapos called on Mrs. Bi- Mr. Biden not to run for the White House saying, uninvited affection is okay, but objectifying women is not okay. Uh... Yeah. What do you this think about this? Sad. This is sad. This is very, 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 very sad. If it's true. And it looks like it's very, very true. Uh, it's almost guaranteed. Well, I mean, go and look up some of the photos and video I- I've t- I just talked about. Fro. There's yeah. There's lots of it. It's not a few, vi- like one or two videos. There are many, many, many videos and photos of him doing these kind yeah. of things. Um, and he says he's just very tactile, very, uh, affectionate kind of person. And that's what he's saying. And other people are saying, um, that's not acceptable anymore in this day and age. Uh, uh, was it ever though? Well, both women that have come out said the reason they didn't come out sooner is because at the time that those, (laughs) these two incidents happened, he was the vice president, and they felt intimidated to come out against the vice president of, of America, which I can understand. Right. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing is, like, if uh, 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 the uh, uh, I, I want so to call him Vince, but I, I Price, or, what is his name? The one that's now. The one, oh, Pence. Vice president now? Pence. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. The one if, that's if now. Pence did, yes, that's now. Yeah. Uh, if Pence did the same thing, I don't think uh, anybody uh, uh, would uh, not go to the media right away. Do you understand what I mean? Um, I don't know. It depends on the person. If it was a Republican lady and she was. This happened to her from Mike Pence. I think she would feel the same as uh, some of this. Some of these Democratic really? women who had to deal with Joe Biden. Um, I think the media would Don't have dealt with this a lot differently. I think. I think if this happened, if one woman came out against Mike Pence tomorrow, uh, yeah. they would not be trying to defend him in on MSNBC. <laughs> I think no, there's a bit of a no. double standard there. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's because they hate him on NBC. Right, if it happened to Bernie Sanders, they'd be calling him for him to resign from the Senate. But when it happens to Joe Biden, oh, yeah. they're like, no, this isn't... A... Nancy Pelosi came out and said, <laughs> no, this isn't a disqualifier. Uh, it shouldn't yeah. be a disqualifier, right. I mean, let's be honest. It's not... He didn't... It may be sexual harassment, but this isn't... He didn't rape anybody, so yeah. No. Um, 
It's not to the level of a Harvey Weinstein or a Bill Cosby kind of situation. No, 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 no. It's not. Uh, But it's uh, super not uh, okay. That and it, to me, if he tried to get in at this point, it's so tone deaf to think that you can just uh, skate by and act like this whole incident didn't happen in the future. Like the Republicans aren't going to make a hundred ads uh, uh, with him mm. being creepy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, mm. if he gets in, it's just tone deaf on the part of the Democratic National Committee, if anything. Uh, right. And then Trump but came out this morning. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. I was just going to go into that. All right. Uh, Trump said this morning uh, that about Biden, they got him. Our former vice president, Trump said, appearing on. Uh, Appearing intent on capitalizing uh, on the suspicions this week that Biden's inner circle are increasingly convinced that Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, a candidate for the Democratic nomination and self-proclaimed Democratic Socialist, might be behind at least one of the recent accusations of inappropriate uh, leveled uh, accusations of inappropriate leveled against former vice president. Uh, the Sanders campaign has denied any suggestion that the senator or his allies pushed any accuser's story. Um, and then, yeah. So, Trump uh, and it's some of the inner circle of Biden have been saying that this is all a conspiracy drummed up by Bernie Sanders' campaign uh, to try to hurt Joe Biden. <laughs> Yep. The Democrats have turned into the Tea Party, bro. <laughs> yeah, you have to admit it's kind of... <laughs> it's kind of funny. <clears throat> it's just another crazy conspiracy theory from from that side, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so... It's so cringe. It's so, so bad. Talking about cringe and bad, uh, I, like I said, I watched almost, well, or I listened to almost three hours of uh, uh, this position, that's what it's called, of InfoWars, because uh, InfoWars, Alex Jones said he had a form of psychosis when spreading Sandy Hook conspiracies. <laughs> a little through this. <laughs> InfoWars host Alex Jones, who is being sued by several parents of the Sandy Hook victims, said in a deposition released Friday, he now believes the massacre was not a hoax. Mm -hmm. He said that many times. He said that on Joe Joe Rogan as well, yeah. Yeah. In in a deposition posted on YouTube, Jones said he believes 26 people were killed in the 2012 shooting, but a form of psychosis made him believe it was staged. Uh, if Jones faces several lawsuits uh, alleging that he repli- repeatedly claimed the massacre in, in in Newtown, Connecticut was a hoax and the victims involved were lying. Mm. During the three-hour deposition, Jones blamed his psychosis brought on by a stressful nature of his job, but he did not say he had been formally diagnosed with a disorder. Uh I myself have, this is from Alex Jones, I myself have almost had like a form of psychosis back in the past where I basically thought everything was staged even though I know, 
Even though I'm now learning, a lot of times things aren't staged. So I think as a pundit, someone giving an opinion that, you know, my opinions have been wrong, but they were never wrong consciously to hurt people. That's from the deposition itself. <laughs> I don't know if that he yeah. knows what the word psychosis actually means. Uh. No. Uh, and uh, while while I was listening to this, uh, there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, lawyer talk, and uh, the man that's asking the questions and things like that, he gets super pissed on one of Alex Jones' lawyers for interrupting all the fucking time, and and uh, says that he he he's threatening him by like going to the judge uh, and having him uh, uh, written up for contempt of uh, of the procedures and things like that it's kind of funny so if you have three hours uh, out, out of your life that you don't really know what you want to do or just want to listen to something really really crazy I, I actually I actually think this is one of the most funny things I've listened to in a long time. Other than a little other thing that I listened to this week, uh, I can talk about it now, I guess. Okay. Because this is a, a perfect place okay. for, for it. Uh, I listened to a, uh, a new podcast this week, Luke. Um, uh, we have gotten uh, new competitors this week. Oh, last. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Bella Twins has uh, gotten their own podcast look. Yay! Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt in the form of psychosis while, we, <laughs> while listening to that. Uh, <laughs> I promise you. Yeah, that was awful. Um, uh, I think the first episode is called something like paparazzi photos, or, or and, and they make a they have an argument on the podcast if it's better to have a one night stand drunk or sober, and I'm not fucking kidding you. That's one of the main points on the podcast. Okay, is that really mm -hmm. podcast worthy? I guess so. Oh yeah, having a discussion if one night stands are better sober or drunk. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who less needs to have a podcast than the Bella Twins. <laughs> Somebody would say us. <laughs> I guess, uh, well, n no, I, I think even most people would agree the Bella Twins should not have a podcast before us. I think most people would think that. Do you think the Bella Twins thinks that? <laughs> Actually, probably. I bet they it wasn't their plan to even do this. Somebody, like, their manager was like, hey, let's try this out or whatever. Yeah, and um, uh, in, if you want to lose all uh, respect for Daniel Bryan, I also recommend listening to the podcast. He's on there. Great. Oh. Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Daniel Bryan. I've seen Total Bellas, and I lost respect for him then. Uh, so I don't. I, know. I, I don't know if I could I lose any more respect after that. So. <laughs> and the funny thing is, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I just, I just don't have any respect for the man. Right. Marvin, that fucking tramp. Jesus Christ. 
Is that definite? Is that defamation? Calling someone a tramp? Uh, definition of what? Defamation. Oh, def. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, then both Bella Bella twins are tramps. Uh, people would it's say it's sexist, but it's not defamation. It's not sexist because it's true. <laughs> it's also a word I don't think anybody's used since the 1940s, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm getting old. I'm not that <laughs> it's okay that I I'm old, but I never I I never had <laughs> any any experience of living in the 1940s. To be honest. Oh, anyway. <laughs> well, you know the Bella Twins traveling on the rails with their stick with a <laughs> handkerchief filled with their belongings. You know, the Bella Twins. Those those tramps. Uh, Right, uh, let's get into the Mueller report. The House Judiciary Committee approved subpoenas Wednesday for special counsel Robert Mueller's full Russia report as Democrats pressure the Justice Department to release the document without redactions. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody this week and they said... They they were watching. We were watching the news, and they're like, "Who's ever heard of some re, what what a redaction is?" And I was thinking, "Well, we cover a lot of aliens here. We've seen about a million redacted <laughs> reports at this uh, yes. at this podcast. So maybe we're maybe we know a little more about redacting uh, documents than just like regular people, fro. And Didn't so the normal people do, right? Yeah. Uh, the committee voted 24 to 17 to give uh, Gerald Nadler, Judiciary Chairman, permission to issue a subpoena to the Justice Department for the final report. Its exhibits and any underlying evidence or materials from Mueller's investigation, Nadler has not said if he'll send the subpoenas. Uh, the House Democrats had given William Barr until Tuesday to provide the full report to Congress. Uh, the just de- uh, department, the Justice Department, ignored the deadline. With Barr telling the committee, in a letter last week, that the redacted version of the report would be released by mid-April, if not sooner. Okay. So, if it's going to come out unredacted, which will never happen, because no, it's just not how the government works. So I don't know why, why people think an unredacted report's going to come out that could like compromise. Uh, agents of uh, the gov- like of uh, government officials that aren't uh, that aren't being indicted or anything like that, it could uh, potentially get them in trouble uh, for no reason. So they're gonna have to redact something. So I don't know. Maybe they just want it released to Congress unredacted and not to the public. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Which I guess I can understand that. But th- if it does, it's gonna get leaked. You know that, right? <laughs> Yeah, I I hope we will see the whole report uh, reject uh, redacted. Um, we we need we need to see we need to see at most uh, we we will need to see 
a lot lot of of uh, information that we haven't seen. Like we talked about last week, we still want to see the proof and what he has based his rulings on. Uh, we are satisfied with the the results, but we we want to see how he came to the conclusion. I don't think it actually coming out, whether it's redacted or not, is going to change uh, the conclusion of this report. That's not going to change. No. Um, and I, no. If people think it is, you're being tricked. That's the only thing i got to say about that. Yeah, no, that doesn't matter at all. All right, uh, go, let's go down to Venezuela. That's socialist countries. Russia defends sending oh, troops. awful, awful, awful socialist countries. Russia defends sending troops to Venezuela to back up Nicolas Maduro after a warning from uh, U.S.'s Pompeo. Russian's foreign ministry has said Russian military personnel who arrived in Venezuela over the weekend have every right to be there. The rift between the United States and Russia over how to resolve the crisis in Venezuela widened following the weekend's weekend arrival of Russian personnel who are there to support Nicolas Maduro. Moscow's first comment on the r- reports of the deployment, Foreign Ministry spokesman, spokeswoman Maria Z- Zakharova, Zakharova said in a statement late Tuesday that Russia has sent personnel in strict accordance with the v- Venezuela Constitution and a bilateral agreement on military cooperation. She did not elaborate on how many troops uh, Russia has sent to the country. So, yeah. Uh, remember we talked about this in the past and uh, about comparing it kind of to the Cuban Missile Crisis and how they're kind of doing that? Well, now there's Russian military in Venezuela. We're getting even closer to that whole concept. Can you believe it? I mean, we knew this was going to happen, right? Yeah. It's just that... Is it okay that I wish that it didn't? Wish what didn't? I like I I wish this wouldn't happen. Is that okay? Saying that. Well, if you could like if you were like I dream of a genie and you could go just go down there and wiggle <laughs> your nose and all the oil would go away from the country, all that oil would get moved into the ocean or something. Uh, that that would fix it probably. <laughs> <laughs> Just I dream a dream of a genie, the oil. That's what. New version of Aladdin. What do you wish for, Aladdin? Don't call me Aladdin. Call me Fro. What do you wish for, Fro? I wish there would be no oil in Venezuela. Really? Is that your first request of three requests? Yes, because the third request will would be a thousand more wishes, and if you were a real genie, you really had to do it. So, oh. mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I think about it. Hey, do you want to hear somebody that's wrong about Brexit? Hear somebody that's wrong about Brexit, okay? Yeah, but because Trun is going to tell the truth about Brexit. Well, this is Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. It's Brexit time again. This Friday, I have been stashing up some, a lot of bottles of beer, or boxes of beer, 
a lot of liquor and a popcorn because I wanted to watch Brexit. Yes, when Britain leaves the European Union. I know there are some progressives out in the United States think that's a good idea, like Britain be independent again. But again, fuck, listen to my other segment on that issue. It's not always better on the other side. Well, it's funny. A lot of Brexit talk has been about immigration. Yes, Britain don't want more immigrants. That's funny. They have colonized half of the world, so now they don't want immigrants. <laughs> yes, that's always very funny. And all those immigrants who take all those jobs that British people love, like uh, farm jobs and washing up and all those sh not very good paid jobs that no British people want to have anyway. But okay. They're going to have a lot of people who have to take the nap because the British economy is going to have a downfall. Well, it's funny, when nobody, Britain complained that the European Union will not give them a good deal. Yeah, but nobody asked them to leave. Nobody asked Britain to leave. And it's not like that, you can just leave the bill to the next person and you just want to pick all the benefits. Like, European Union is like a marriage. and. What kind of marriage Britain want is, it's like a marriage a lot of men want. They want a, a wife and a mistress and can fuck everyone else, get drunk all the time and let the, the women do all the work. Yeah, that sounds like a good marriage, but that marriage doesn't exist. And the British people are going to find that out very soon because all the things that they had in the marriage, they're not going to lose. I can. Well, I had a discussion with people, but don't you feel sorry for the people who wanted to stay? Yes, I do, but it's not time for that anymore now. I think Brit Brit Brexit should go on. No deal Brexit. So nationalist and stupidity everywhere I can see what's that leading to. They're going to see what the shit it comes. Yes, it's sorry for the people who was luckily to fight for the European Union, but I'm sorry. A lot of people are for the European Union didn't come out to vote in the first time. Yeah, it's just like people who are now complaining about Trump because they didn't like Hillary. Yes, they didn't go out and vote, so they got Trump. You feel good now? Yes. That Now Britain had to learn the same bullshit. They're going to learn the same horrible lessons that America did. And I don't feel very much sorry for you. People who are against the European Union are against the future. People who are against the European Union doesn't understand why the European Union come in the first place. It comes of the two devastating world wars. Everybody who read a little bit of history know why. It didn't come up to tell you what the fuck to do every time. Yeah, it's not everything is good with the European Union, but I'd rather have a lot of young progressive both in the European Union election this year than staying home because we cannot change Europe. Slovakia now got an atheist woman to president. Yeah, if Slovakia can do it, everyone can do it. This was Trump with Trump tells the truth. Have a nice day. That was uh, Trump telling his truth about Brexit, I should say. Uh, this proves just one thing we allow people to be on our podcast that we don't agree on. Uh, with so if you disagree with us we would love to hear from you we will read your letter we will uh have you on the segment 
please contact us at anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. That's anotherdigitalcitizen at gmail.com. We allow people to disagree with us. All right, or you can message me. Just find me on our Facebook, Another Digital Citizen Facebook. I always post the show, so just go to that Facebook page and message, private message me there if you want to get a hold of us. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we allow people uh, on the show that we don't uh, agree with. There's a lot of things that uh, Tron says that we don't agree with. And uh, uh, but we allow him to say it because we are open podcasts for people to disagree with us. That's one of the things that we actually encourage. Right, and it's not like he made a hundred percent bad points. There were good points and bad points yeah. in it, and uh, or ones that we agreed with and ones we didn't. Maybe not bad, yeah. uh, but. It is what it is, and if anybody else wants to have their voice heard on this podcast, just let us know. No. Hey, uh, look, before we do you Eurovision, we have some Eurovision news. Okay. Uh, from uh, the Jerusalem Post of all uh, newspapers. All right. Uh, after threats, uh, Netanyahu's office steps in uh, with Eurovision funding. Construction and in infrastructure set to begin Tuesday morning. So, after a harsh warning from the European Broadcasting Union, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu stopped up late Monday night to provide necessary security funding in order for Eurovision preparation to continue. So, it actually stopped for 24 hours, I think, they said it was okay. stopped. Because of money uh, issues, obviously. Yes, yes. Uh, the Prime Minister's office told uh, can broad uh, public broadcaster that it would provide the missing funds to allow police uh, restart inspections of the Eurovision equipment in immediately. Uh, Khan said the transfer will enable work to begin on Tuesday morning in the Expo Tel Aviv. Construction of the European stage and infrastructure halted on Monday after police stopped their inspections due to missing funds. While four government ministers had agreed last week to split the cost of security for international competitors in Tel Aviv in May, the transfer was not complete. So without money, they of course stop doing what they do. Uh, work with can uh, European Sound Contest Chairman Frank Dieter Filding and Executive uh, Supervisor Juno Lavsan wrote a bitting letter uh, to Netanyahu on uh, Monday urging the government to rectify the delay immediately. We cannot resume without canine search routines being approachly untaken uh, on Eurovision Song Contest chairman and etc. Olofsson wrote to the Prime Minister. So. Right here it says, in light of current halting production, uh, Cobells wrote, there's real danger that the production will not be able to meet its deadlines. That's the real yeah. issue here, is if they don't yeah. get everything done, it could, uh, or in a timely manner, it could literally stop the entire Eurovision from happening. <laughs> yep. So we are, as Eurovision 
fans, me and other Eurovision fans, we are a little like, hmm, this is not good news. No, well, good news. if Israel saw their song contest or song entrant for this contest, uh, they probably <laughs> are used to bad news. So let's go directly. <laughs> That's the perfect uh, way to go into what we were talking about. It's almost like you knew what we were going to do or something, because uh, the first uh, country we're going to talk about is. Israel! Israel! He's coming home. Did you know that? He's coming home. Tell the troops we're coming home. Yeah. Do you remember that song? Uh, yeah, no. Yes, no. Don't you remember that stupid song? It was so fucking bad. But it's Kobe marimi with home for israel and uh, look tell me about this piece of crap i mean this amazing song this is a music video that we got but i found kind of a live version that's hilarious because the cringe is real <laughs> in this live version um oh, it's bad uh but the music video is also pretty cringe because it looks like something out of the 1970s with these horrible uh, <laughs> overlay graphics that they're using and like they, yeah. when they like make him like seven of him all singing at once, it's very terrible. Uh, uh, I wrote, why this is this? Uh, why is this uh, Broadway musical? Uh, it reminded me of Phantom of the Opera. Huh. Okay, I didn't get that, but uh, it's it's not. It's a song about. Obviously, it's about Israel, is what he's talking about when he means home. He's talking about his homeland, is what I got from it. What did you get from this? I, I didn't get anything from this, because it's uh, atrociously. And I am very excited to see Seven of himself on the stage, singing <laughs> in, in one voice. Because the, the thing is, like this is based on harmonies that is impossible to do live. Yeah, but they are allowed a backup track in the contest, so that's how they're going to do I, it. I, I know, but it's I am I'm really looking forward to the staging of this. Yeah, no, this is atrocious. This is so fucking bad. Uh, I gave this a one out of ten. Look, I don't know what you gave it. I gave it a, where? Where is it? One. Oh yeah, one. One point oh yeah. is what I wrote down. Yeah, so we agree. Um, then we have this teaspoon uh, man. I mean, uh, Conan uh, Ortiz with Telamovais for Portugal. And um, can you explain this to the viewers that has not watched this? What is this video and performance? Right, it's a live performance. Um, what did I write down? All I wrote down was hand crown. Oh, right, because they do the hand crown thing. Like, uh, who was it? France? France that did the yes. hand crown. And I was like, yes. what are they yeah. doing? Except in this one, they do it and they're wearing like these elaborate, um, I don't know, finger or ornamental finger kind of jewelry. But that's and and also on the on the singer's voice, he has metal in his face. 
Right, he, yeah, he's got kind of, he, hmm, what, I don't want to say he's trying to look like a robot, but he definitely is robot-esque, uh, maybe, uh, what is it, uh, steampunk, kind of? Maybe that's right. a good way to describe it, yeah, um, yeah, it was a weird, I mean, the, the staging was very weird, the song was not very good, um, no, overall I gave this a 3.0. I gave this a two point out. Okay, I thought the singer was all right. I mean, he had a decent voice. Yeah, but it is so weird. It's so extremely, extremely, extremely weird. Uh, I decided to do it alphabetically uh, next time, so okay. uh, we're doing two uh, countries that we haven't uh, done. We are going to do Armenia and Austria uh, next time. Sounds good. Romania and Austria. Yeah. Hey, you. Shitty, shitty, bang, bang. Shitty, shitty, bang, bang. <laughs> okay. Uh, shitty, shitty, bang, old, bang. Huh? Old references. Uh, it's uh, from uh, South Park. Hey, you. Shitty, shitty, bang, bang. Shitty, shitty, bang, bang. Uh, you and me have seen uh, tremendously much TV. Should we begin with... The thing I know both of you us has uh, watched this week? I'm sure there's a few things, but yeah, whatever you, you want to start with, I guess. Let's start with Hannah. Okay. Uh, Hannah. Uh, the first eight episodes uh, of season one, uh, I should say, say all of season one is out now. Um, Prime. We loved episode one. What did you think about the whole season altogether, Luke? Um, it definitely slowed down in the middle. Episode four and five, I was feeling like uh, it, they were stretching a little bit, and like certain parts of it didn't really go anywhere with the rest of the season. Uh, certain people she meets uh, and certain things that happen don't ever come up again uh, in the rest of the season that happened in episode four or five. So around then, mm. I was kind of going, I don't know if I want to watch any more of this, but... Once you get to the end, it starts to ramp up again, and it starts to get more exciting. Uh, this is about a girl who uh, lives in the wood with her woods with her father after escaping from the government, and then they end up getting found later in life after she's grown up, and he's trained her to be this kind of mercenary. Uh, overall, I gave this a 6.5. Not as high as Whoa. you would think, because... There was one huge hindrance to this, and that was the editing. Somebody did not take very good care in editing this TV show. There were a lot of bad jump cuts, a lot of bad angles where you saw things you weren't supposed to. One At one point, there was a car that just had blown up. <laughs> it's on the side of the road. It literally blew up like three seconds it's ago. And somehow yeah, the entire interior of the car is has disappeared. Uh, it's already burned yeah. up. Even though <laughs> I don't know how the interior of the car burned up that quickly. There are just certain things that you could tell they rushed. And that that I take points off of. So 6.5. What do you think, Fro? I like this. I like this much more than you, Dan. Uh, I thought this was uh, uh, fun from start to beginning. It's nothing like super fantastic but it's still uh, uh, in my point of view entertaining more than a 6.5 that's for sure 
uh, I think I think I'm most impressed by uh, the acting in this uh, series is very 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 good. Uh, mm, I made my dad watch this uh, first episode, the, the two first episodes with me uh, again to like watch it again, and uh, he he said uh, it was a little like teenage. A television show, and I can understand what he means about that. Like it's a little too. Uh, uh, episode two was a little too girly for him. Where where when she meets her her new friend, that will follow her through the season. But it's it's an important episode. I I don't know. Uh, That's I didn't like that part either. And the, no. the parts with the whole uh, stealing her boyfriend, this and that, it's like, this is unnecessary right. to the story, and it's in the middle of the show where there's not anything else happening, and so it felt like the mm. show just like came to this screeching halt at about episode four. Yeah, I, I liked it more than you, I think. I, I, just, I just went with it. Uh, I gave right. this an eight. This whole season, an eight. Okay. I'm much more critical, yeah. obviously, of it. Okay, what do we want to do next? Let's see. So much to cover. Uh, Barry. Barry? Should we talk about Barry? Sure. Episode two, or season two, episode one of Barry. It was on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, return of the show that won a few awards last year. I believe it got some Emmys. Um, and both of you and me had it on our best list of uh, new shows from last year. I had it on five. You had it on number three. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and it's bringing back all the uh, thing the people from last season. It uh, almost. <laughs> well, right. You can't bring back the people that died, obviously. But um, but there is um. It's a change in the way the story is going to be told because it was yes. the first season had a very specific storyline and that ended at the very end of season one, and so they had to mm -hmm. create a new storyline for season two, which I don't mind. Uh, no. The acting was still very good. Still, it's a dark comedy, but it's still very funny. Um, I forgot how much I liked the what is he check. The gangster, yeah. the bald guy that has no eyebrows. Yeah. I forgot how much yeah. I like that character. Even he's supposed to be the bad guy, but yeah, you kind of—he's kind of like comedically endearing. Overall, I gave this seven point five. Uh, I gave it a night. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, the two first episodes of uh, Jordan Peele's uh, debut on uh, the Twilight Zone. Uh, the two shows, uh, the two episodes were called The Comedian, and what was the other one called? Uh, uh, something at 30,000 Feet. It's like the original, yes. from the the title from the original series. It was basically almost, it wasn't the same story, it was a very different story, but it was no. similar. Right. Uh, uh, the Comedian uh, was very, 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 very good. I really liked the comedian. That was also uh, it, there, the original series had a very similar story to that, but I think it was right. like a vaudeville act instead of a comedian or something like that. Right. 
and it, it, I liked both of the episodes. Don't get me wrong, but I think the fa- my favorite of the two was the comedian. Uh, I preferred the other one actually. That's really yeah. I uh, okay. maybe maybe I liked the main character in it better. As like I felt um, Scott. I felt more like uh, the acting was better for him. the uh, The other guy is all right, but uh, he something about his acting feels like he's acting to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just wow. me. Um, and I I like the whole storyline of the second one has t- kind of has time travel in it, and that always gets me. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, also, it has podcasting in it. So oh that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yes. But. Yes, that's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, my favorite one was The Comedian. Uh, it's about this very failed comic that meets one of his biggest, uh, uh, one of uh, the f- uh, people that he's a fan of. And he learns the hard way that when you talk about real stuff, things will happen in the twilight. So I will not destroy it for people that hasn't watched it. Uh, the second one is about a man that is on, on a flight and uh, when he gets on the flight, he hears a true crime podcast about the flight. And things starts to happening in the twilight. So <laughs> uh, Jordan Peele is amazing as the narrator. Sure. Uh, I really He's only really in it for like a, a total of maybe a minute in both episodes, but, but sure. Yeah, but, 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 but he's, he has the the tone and he has the kind of he has the pathos of 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 bringing it to right. to, to to us believe and it or not for like- that actually is a complaint uh from a, a lot of people is that this this the at least these two episodes maybe lean a little too heavily on the original series and they're not um updated enough some people feel like it could have they could have done something a little different where this feels like they just Almost copy and pasted. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I didn't really have that problem with Night- it, but that is Nightmare a complaint on- online. Yeah. Nightmare at 30,000 feet. Right. It's called. Yes. I gave this a uh, 7.0. I- Sorry? I gave this a 7.0. Uh, I gave it a 7.0 as well for both episodes. Cool. Uh, where should we go f- next? Uh, happy? Season 2, episode 1? Yes. Uh, again, another series that the end of last, of the first season, it wrapped up everything, so this season had to start yeah. a whole new storyline, but I think it's cool because the first <laughs> season was all about Christmas, and this mm-hmm. one is all, all going to be all about Easter. So they're just, mm-hmm. uh, what's what's the third season going to be? Um, you know what I mean? It's going to be <laughs> obviously yeah. a Halloween or some other, yeah, yeah. Uh, Holiday. I would assume it was going to be more of a religious holiday. Maybe uh, I, I can't even think of one right now. What's another religious holiday that I'm blanking on? Uh, but uh, this first episode was way more twisted than the first series, which was very twisted. Oh my god, it was so twisted! But I loved it. Oh yeah, this the scene where he meets the Pope is like oh so funny. Yeah, and the Pope's like, "Let's do it," <laughs> and then the big Let's show. In it, uh, it took oh. me a minute to realize who the guy was in jail that he's Santa Claus <laughs> because he doesn't have the beard and everything in this. Right, right. 
uh, good. Yeah, what did what did you think overall? I, I gave it an eight point five. Wow, we're right on the money. I also gave this an eight point five. I was so happy about happy. I'm right. And it's going to be an interesting storyline. It's uh, this season, like I said, it's about Easter, and there's this Easter bunny, but it's a guy <laughs> dressed in a like a bondage S and M bunny oh, suit God. who is yes. doing these kind of almost saw esque, um, saw the movie esque kind of yeah. games with people's lives. Uh, oh. Yeah, very interesting so far. Um, let's go to last week tonight, John Oliver, uh, because I know oh, I was going to talk watched... about that when we talk about wrestling. But if you want to talk about it okay. now, sure. We can talk about it when we talk about wrestling. We have a lot of TV to talk about, so yeah, a little tease for you there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I I saw it as uh, well, so we'll be able to go a little yeah. bit into detail. There's a lot of people who have already talked about it as well. It's like huge news. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh, gl- glad you're, uh, thank God you're here, uh, season one from Australia that I found, uh, because I suddenly got into Australian TV this week, we will talk that, uh, about that a little later, this, but this is an improvisation TV show that is all improv, uh, and I really, really, really enjoyed this, it was... Uh, I've I've now on season two, and I I it's one of my uh, I just it's it's I laugh about it. It's uh, whose line in it is it anyway? Just with more uh, more difficult. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say it was uh, Trailer Park Boys, the animated series, season one from. Yeah. Hmm. I saw this came out. I haven't seen it. Right, you're you're not a fan of Trailer Park Boys to begin with, right? No. So I don't. Uh, I'm not expecting you to enjoy it. But if this wasn't, I would say you would enjoy this probably more than Trailer Park Boys. But the problem is, it's a lot of the jokes are running jokes from the original series, so you wouldn't get a lot okay. of the jokes. So that's going to be a hindrance. But as a cartoon, it's pretty funny. The very first episode, it they kind of break the fourth wall in that they. They're, the very first thing you see is the the guys in jail, and they say, uh, Ricky says, we're so high on mushrooms, we've turned into cartoons. And so that's the basis of the whole show, is that they're so high on mushrooms that they've turned into cartoons, bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, very funny. Uh, I've, I've seen like three quarters of it. I'm, I just started it last night, but it's a very, very raunchy, adult swim kind of cartoon with arms being ripped off and drugs being done and sex and uh one where he gets a tapeworm and then makes it his pet it's a very silly episode um overall uh i gave this a uh yeah 7.5 again another very good show uh i i think it does a really good job of following up from the original from trailer park boys it's part of the storyline it's totally canon with the original show but they can also do things that you could never do with a live action, like have a guy's head spin completely around and things like that, you know, so. <laughs> right. Uh, I've uh, seen a reality show this week. It's called Million Dollar Mile, and it's with uh, 
some uh, people <laughs> that you have uh, never heard about uh, and uh, Tom what is his name again Tom uh, Clancy Tom, Tom Selleck <laughs> Tom DeLong from Blink-182. <laughs> Tom, Tom, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Every, okay, but uh, I will tell you what it's all about. Uh, it's um, elite athletes that has the chance to win a hundred, a uh, one million dollar while they run a million dollar mile course. And they are uh, getting... Uh, Tim Tebow is the host. Ah, okay. I was going to say Tom yes. Green next. Okay. Yeah, no. But Tim Tebow uh, is the host. Uh, and uh, it has uh, uh, LeBron James as executive <laughs> producer. This is one show, and I'm out. Uh, look, this is so incredibly shit. It is. Uh, one of my least favorite shows of this year. Uh, and uh, I almost had it on my list of most anticipated because I l love reality shows, but this is just so fucking bad. bad. CBS, don't see it. I saw a bad show. Uh, I gave it one. Okay. One out of ten, yeah. A TV show this week called Abby's, a sitcom. Uh, season one, episode one. Yes, Abby's with an apostrophe. This is about a bar. This is actually filmed outside in front of an outside, like live audience. So it's not oh. filmed in a studio. It's filmed outside. It's kind of trying to be Cheers in somebody's backyard. Um, okay. But this show was terrible. <laughs> uh, Anybody I would know? No, I don't think so. Um, as far as like actors. Most of them are people I've never seen or heard of before. Mm. Um, it's on... Let's see, what is this on? NBC? Mm. Uh, just one episode this week. But... Oh, Natalie Morales? Do you know this guy? Or this woman? What was she in? Uh, oh, Wolf of, or Wolf of no. Wall Street, I think she was in? Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's somebody you'd probably know if you saw her, that kind of thing. Oh, she was in Parks and Recreation. Mm. Yeah. Um. She she's plays the bartender or whatever, and then, uh, it, but she's made this illegal bar in her backyard, and her landlord finds out about it in the first episode, and they're trying to convince him to keep the bar open. Uh, this the jokes weren't funny. There's a laugh track that is happening and you go why is the laugh track happening right there there's no joke so that's a real issue to a comedy <laughs> series overall i gave this a 2.0 Ooh, sounds amazing <laughs> yeah it was bad i'll watch the second uh, episode but i probably won't watch anything after that cool i've seen uh inside fbi new york season one <laughs> I've seen two episodes of that, and I'm out. It's uh, FBI propaganda doing the reality show style. Uh, Luke, you will love this show. Um, of course. That's what I wrote, wrote down, because you're so pro-FBI and all things like that. I gave it a 2 out of 10. 
<coughs> okay. Um, let's see. What else did I see? I saw that. We talked about that. We talked about that. Oh, what we do in the shadows. Season one, episode one. Fro saw this last week. I had not seen this first episode yet. I did see it this week. Um, did we kind of describe what it was about last week? I mean, it's about vampires. It's about some vampires who live in America. Uh, they're supposed to take over the country, and they've been there here for hundreds <laughs> of years, but they have failed to do so. Um, very funny. Uh, really felt so funny. Felt authentic to the movie. As far as oh, so the production great. and everything, some of the jokes are super hilarious. I love the uh, the one guy. Wh- what do they call him? Uh, an emotional vampire. Oh. <laughs> so good. Something like that. I love it. It's a very yeah, good character. I gave the oh, show a nine point zero. I gave it a nine as well. I'm so happy that you liked it. It's not good to just look. It's so fucking funny <laughs> when the master comes back right. and they want they want to have the virgins and it's like yeah it's not that hard to find the virgins and he goes to larping right yeah totally <laughs> oh so funny um, I saw Jesus Christ we are on uh, we talked about that we talked about that Pen and Teller. Uh, Fool Us, April Fool Us special, where they showed clips from the last shows and some back scenes stuff, but but they also made uh, 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 some uh, reality show uh, dude that I don't really know who is. I think he was a magician. Uh, during the show, and it was kind of funny. He uh, walks around in Vegas showing uh, people a trick Penn and Teller teach teach, uh, him, and all is fake uh, around him, and he doesn't understand it. So it was kind of funny. I laughed very, very much of it. But uh, yeah, their April Fool special is almost always funny. All right. Anybody get you on April Fools? Any anybody online or anything like that? Do you get any tricks? Well, somebody really, really tried. You can guess it. <laughs> there was one YouTube video that kind of got me by saying that they got kicked out of their uh their the place where their business is. There was a YouTube channel that said they got kicked like their their landlord had kicked them out, but at the end of the video, they go, oh, they, we lied. But it was a good video because they did a 10-minute video with all this evidence of, like, what they had done wrong and things like that. And then at the end, they're like, mm. no, we just faked it out. Uh, that was very funny. Um, Braille skateboarding, if you want to check that out. What else did I see? I've got two more things. Uh, a new show on True TV, believe it or not, bro. Tacoma yeah. FD is what it's called. This is made what? by Tacoma FD. Oh, Tacoma. FD, meaning fire department, FD. Um, oh, oh, okay. It's, it's a sitcom uh, about a fire department, and it's got some of the guys from Super Troopers. It's very similar to Super ah. Troopers, if you've ever seen that, or any of those guys' or any of those, that crew's movies. Uh, this is a very funny show. An interesting thing about this I noticed is that there's the TV version, and if you go online, there's an, also an explicit version of episode one. 
So uh, I just saw the TV version. I'm interested to see how explicit the explicit version is. I gave this a 7.0. It was very good. I'd recommend it, from. Cool. I saw Hate Their Neighbor Season 2, all of uh, 10 episodes. Uh, I talked about this before. It's a stand-up comedian that goes around in America and tries to look into uh, special uh, groups. Last time he just talked about racism. This time he... Uh, he looked into anti-abortion. He looked also into ra- racism. He also looked like into st- strange cults. Uh, yeah, I, I think Luke really uh, would like it. Uh, hit hit a neighbor season two. Okay, uh, and then let's see the last thing I have down here. I think let me double check. Yeah, Black Monday season one finale. That uh, was my last thing as well. Oh, cool. Awesome. Good. Uh, very good show. Very funny. Uh, the ending awesome. wrapped up. I don't feel like this could be... I don't no. know how they would do a second season of this show. <laughs> That's a very, very good question. <laughs> I don't I don't think it will be, and it's perfect as it is. Right, totally. Because the, the storyline is kind of the... Pro, uh, progression of something that happened in real life and Black Monday right. in the 80s was the stock market crash and that's how this series kind of I mean it that's where it the timeline ends obviously the storyline is about all the characters uh, who are all these stockbrokers who are kind of all screwing each other over the entire show um, but it's a comedy and it's very funny uh, overall this whole season what did I give this uh, 8.5 I gave it a 9 Cool. Woo! That was a lot of TV. I think we just did 25 minutes of TV. <laughs> Woo! That's a lot of TV. Uh, we have something else that we also watched. We watched uh, some of it, actually, together this week. We watched uh, the last of it on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday! Oh, I can't wait for this weekend. Uh <laughs> <laughs> we watched a TV show called The Cult of the Family. So what is The Cult of the Family, Luke? All right, it was a three-part investigation that chronicled the rise and fall of Australia's most notorious cult uh, called The Family and its strange charismatic leader, Anne Hamilton Byrne. Yeah. So I'm just do the description of episode one and we'll kind of get into this. Episode 1 was called Unseen, Unheard, Unknown. In 1987, a teenage girl escapes from a lakeside compound, and she triggers the police to raid the property and rescue her siblings, a group of bleach-blonde children. Uh, Who are these children, and what is this cult called the family? So what is this cult called the family, from? That's a very good question. Uh, It's a UFO sect, more or less. Um, well, uh, I, I would uh, maybe go Christian cult, mo- Christian alien cult, maybe. There's definitely Christianity, yeah. but there's also other, there's his, uh, Hinduism and other kind of religions in there. We'll get into that in a second. It, 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 it is one of those religions where I feel it's so much <laughs> in so little. It's like it's it's based on absolutely nothing 
and also a lot. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? It's like it's based on bullshit, but it's a lot of bullshit. And it's kind of hard to like pinpoint what their beliefs were really about before before we were watching this show. But it was a very, very good show. Uh, I think Luke uh, didn't like it as much as I did. I really enjoyed this three-part series. I thought it was fine. I would... The information was good, but it was just like uh, any standard kind of like... Uh, yeah. Uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, any kind of TV documentary. It wasn't like a uh, movie documentary where it was a lot of money no. was put in this. There was a lot of stock footage and a lot kind of, of stock footage, <laughs> uh, crappy recreations of things that happened. Yeah. Very much like kind of a um, a series you would see on like scientific um, uh, sci- uh, scientific America or something like that. Yeah, it's not. It's it just isn't no. like super high quality. That doesn't mean I didn't uh, enjoy the information out of it though. No, no. But uh, you know, uh, it's uh, it's based mainly on this uh, one uh, 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 lady uh, and uh, Anne Hamilton Byrne, and she told uh, people that she was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ and uh, also a living God. Right, uh, the family was also called Santikentan Park Association, Santin Iktan Park Association. Is that close? Sure. It was sure. also called the Great White Brotherhood, mm-hmm. even though, as far as I can tell, it had nothing to do with like Nazis, Nazis. Or, or racism yeah. at all. But other than that, uh, all the kids that was. Uh... Uh, taken was blonde. That's just it. They weren't all blonde. She dyed most of their hair blonde. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. yeah, but there's pictures of these kids, and if you've ever seen the movie uh, Children of the Corn, I believe it is, oh, with all the white-haired is. kids, right? It's very similar yeah. looking. Yes. I haven't seen those movies in years. I, I've probably seen almost every single one of those movies as well. But I love those movies. Uh... <laughs> the family is an Australian New Age group formed in the mid-1960s under the leadership of the yoga teacher Am- Hamilton Byrne, like we said. She was born Evelyn Edwards, uh, so that wasn't even her real name. No. So let's get into these religious claims. Uh, the family teaches an eclectic mixture of Christian and Hinduism with other Eastern and Western religions on the principle that spiritual truths are universal. The children uh, studied the major scriptures of these religions and also works from fashionable, fashionable gurus at the time, such as Siri Chen, Chin Mao, who is Indian spiritual leader who taught meditation in the West after moving to New York City in 1964. Mehar, Mehar Baba, who was an Indian spiritual master who said he was the avatar god in human form. And Rajneesh, who we've talked about in the past, uh, mm-hmm. also known as the Bhagwan Shiri Rajneesh, uh, or largely known as Osho, Indian spiritual leader, guru, and philosopher of the Rajneesh movement, uh, if you've ever seen the Netflix documentary about that guy. The group and, has... Uh, a- yeah, we, 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 uh, and it's kind of... It, it was 
it was kind of shocking to see him in episode two uh, because it's episode two. He comes in, in into the storyline, and I was like, "Oh my god, we know this guy!" <laughs> right, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I mean, they don't go deep into him. Just that he, she, like actually went and followed him and spoke to the guy right. and was like, they were involved with each other. Like they knew each other and everything. Right. Uh, the group had an inner circle who justified their actions by their claims to be reincarnations of the apostles of Jesus. So this, the group's inner circle was mostly women, as I'm to understand. They were called, like, the aunties. Yes. And this group of inner circle believed they were the reincarnations of the Twelve Apostles. Uh, the basis of the family's philosophy was that Anne Hamilton Byrne was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ and a living God. Jesus was said to be the great master who came down to earth. The group believed that Buddha and Krishna were other enlightened beings who similarly came down to help out humanity. Hamilton Byrne was regarded as being this, in the same category as these teachers. One adopted daughter later described the group's beliefs, later described the group's beliefs as a hodgepodge of Christianity and Eastern mysticism. Right, and then let's go, uh, because they don't really cover everything in that, let's go to the Herald Sun from Australia. Uh, and this is, uh, read the secret diaries that un uh, that reveal the bizarre beliefs of this group. Uh, the followers were ensnared from her, from yoga classes across Me Melbourne and through uh, psychiatrists who referred on patients. Right, so the way they were would recruit people is she had all these yoga classes that would start out as yep. just like a normal yoga class, but of course, in the 1960s, yoga was uh, it was not seen the same way it was it is now. Yoga is just like something that soccer moms do now. Back then, it was like this mystic, uh, spiritual like higher power thing happening. Uh, so these people, they were already in that mindset, and so they were able to recruit them for this cult using. Uh, yoga and also a psychiatrist. Um, their warped teachings included aliens who were going to invade the earth to cleanse the world of evil. That no one should interfere in a ch if children are suffering because they should not interfere with God's plan. Uh, Hamilton Burns told followers that she died a few minutes and rose from the dead to prove her power... <clears throat> She told them she died for a few minutes and then rose uh, rose back from the dead, uh, basically saying she's, you know, Jesus. Mm. Uh, uh, the followers believed, one follower believed he was John the Baptist re reincarnated and miracles were uh, regularly delivered during yoga practices. Right. Mm. So these are some of their beliefs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we go into episode two? Yeah, let's go. I'll do the description for that, and then you can go into kind of the beginnings and history of this cult. Uh, episode two called "A Question of Identity." While the children rescued from the cult struggled to integrate into the outside world, detectives started to dig into the cult leader's past. Her followers won't talk, but detectives track her on her run between the UK and the US. We'll get into that in a second, I guess. Yeah. Around uh, 1964, uh, <laughs> Reinhard Johnson was hosting regular meetings of religious and philosophical discussion, and the group was then led by uh, Anne Hamilton Lilburn as at, uh, oh my god, Senti Kentik Kenten. 
Right, it's just another name for the family. Right. Uh, his home at uh, uh, Farney Creek in Dungaroon ranges in the eastern outskirts of Melbourne. Have you ever heard of any more uh, Australian name of anything? Farney Creek in Dungaroon Ranges? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also connected was a series of weekly talks given by the Council of Adult Education in Melbourne entitled Macroism and uh, Microism. The group pursued and uh, enjoyed properly named Sankirin Park in 1968 and constructed a meeting hall. Launch. Uh, right, they started you, buying up property around them, very much like Osho. Yes. Which, like they were taking from the same playbook as him, kind of. Right, very, very. Uh, the group consisted of middle-class professional, it has estimated quarter hours nurses, and other medical personnel that were recruited by Johnson, who referred to them as Hamilton's births, Hayata yoga classes. Members mainly lived nearby suburbs in the township of Dangaloons, meeting each other's Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday at Santikin Lodge. Woodshire House in Olinda is another property known as uh, White Lodge. All right, so in the 1960s and 70s, New Haven Hospital was a private psychiatric hospital owned and managed by Marion Vilmec, uh, a member of the family. Many of the staff and attended psychiatrists were also members. Many mm -hmm. patients at New Haven were treated with, hallucin with the hallucin hallucinogenic drug LSD. The hospital was used to recruit potential new members uh, from am among patients and also to administer LSD to members under the direction of the family psychiatrists. Uh, John Mac John McKay and Howard Whit Whitaker. One of the original members of the association was given uh, LSD electroclusive therapy. What is that? Is that like electroshock? Oh yeah, it's electroshock. Yeah. Shock. yeah. Uh, two lobotomies uh, during the late yeah. 1960s. Uh, yeah, they did one lobotomy. Like in the documentary, they talked about it. they went through his eye. And did some kind yep. of lobotomy, and he, because uh, yep. he had mm -hmm. he had some kind of problems, and Anne Hamilton Byrne had told this guy, if you follow my religion, it'll fix your problems. Yep, and uh, we we saw we saw the tool they were using, and it didn't look good. Uh, it says here in '92, uh, the psychiatric hospital was closed down. New Haven patients in 1975, after new claims. Uh, his death had uh, oh uh, oh an inquest was ordered into it in 1975 after new claims of a death that, that had been due to deep sleep therapy also called mm -hmm. prolonged sleep treatment uh, an inquest heard evidence concerning the use of uh, electroshock therapy LSD and other practices at New Haven but found no evidence that deep sleep had been used on this patient uh, this building was later re reopened as a nursing home with no connection to his previous owner, okay? And Hamilton Byrne acquired 14 infants and young children between 1968 and 75. 14 children. 
That's fucking atrocious. Right. We should say illegally, but continue. I'm sure it gets into it here. Uh, Some (laughs) of the children uh, uh, were members of the family. Others have been obtained to a regular uh, adaptation arranged by lawyers, doctors, and social workers within the group who could bypass the normal process. The children's identities were changed using false birth uh, certificates and dead Paul, all giving a surname Hamilton Byrne and dressed alike even to the extent of their hair being dyed on formerly blonde. So they were homeschooled at uh, K. Lima. Uh, and uh, uh, they were usually referred to the up-top uh, at Taylor Bay at Lake Inn near uh, uh, Victoria. They were told that uh, Hamilton Byrne were their biological mother, and they knew that the other in, uh, adults in the group as aunties or uncles. They were denied almost all access to the outside world, and subjected to discipline that included frequent severe beatings, often or no reason uh, why, and starvation diets. We see some of the children, and especially one is totally fucked up. Right. It it was very clear she didn't process kind of... um life in a regular way like the way that she was answering questions it felt like she had to uh she had to check with herself before she could even speak kind of i don't know how to describe it other than that it was she was very quiet and very reserved and everything she speaks like spock right exactly like right no emotion and almost kind of broken sounding uh very very yeah. soft spoken but at the same time very kind of nervous all the time yeah so can you tell me what the peer children were frequently dosed with children were frequently dosed with uh flus flus also known as pro- proloxin uh diazepam halpiridol thorazine actually nitrozep Nitrozepan, Azosepan, Trifluopozine, Carbobaniazine, and Impramanine. Uh, on researching adolescence, when they were compelled to undergo. Oh, on reaching adolescence, they were compelled to undergo an initiation involving LSD. While under the influence of the drug, the children would be left in a dark room, alone and apart. From visits uh, from Hamilton Byrne or one of the psychiatrists, so kind of to break them and Jesus. make them think that the they were the only the only way to save them was one it was in Hamilton Byrne. <sighs> they also didn't tell them they were giving them LSD, so the kids didn't no. know why they were going totally crazy. Awful, awful, awful. Uh, we kind of already talked about the yoga, but this is how they uh, recruited people. Uh, yeah. It says here, uh, the teacher of the yoga once asked the children if they would like to leave the family and live with him in in, uh, in Peth something. 
uh, an ashram in India, the children all gave an enthusiastic yes, but were later punished by Hamilton Byrne for disloyalty. Uh, yeah, and so then the police investigation started to happen into this. Sir Hamilton yeah, Byrne was. They had a raid in nineteen eighty-seven uh, with. Uh, 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 Anne Hamilton Byrne and her husband, and but they remained outside Australia for the next uh, six years. But then we have some very interesting operation that has one of the most stupid names in the entire world, uh, Operation Forest. Because they lived in a forest, so it's called right. Operation Forest. <laughs> it took them a long time to yeah. think that one up. <laughs> I know, uh, and. Uh, uh, it involved police in Australia, United Kingdom, United States, and they were arrested in June of 1993, uh, and by the FBI, uh, and um, maybe we should go into episode three. Oh, right. They were actually captured in Catskills, New York. So they were in America when they were captured. We, that's kind of important. Uh, and, but then they were extradited to Australia on conspiracy charges and uh, charges to defraud the government. Okay, uh, let's see. Episode... Because episode, episode two ends with them being arrested, so... Right, exactly. Uh, sorry. The pa the page for the TV show takes a second to load up because it's, Austra it's in yeah. Australia. <laughs> so I, I had to reload it up and... Uh, Australia in internet is slow, so... Episode 3, In Search of Justice, the family's cult solicitor testifies and reveals enough evidence for a warrant to be issued for the arrest of the cult leader, Anne Hamilton Byrne, and her husband, Bill. Will justice be done uh, for the children? Spoilers. In short term, no. <laughs> Spoilers, no. <laughs> yeah, we should go to litigations. Shouldn't we? Uh, well, here, uh, the, uh, bah, 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 Elizabeth Whitaker, the wife of the psychiatrist Howard Whitaker, was the co-defendant. Anne Hamilton Byrne pleaded guilty to lesser charges of making false declarations that were fined $5,000 each. The conspiracy charge against Whitaker was dropped, and she was convicted falsely obtaining... She was convicted of falsely obtaining $23,000. Uh... Margaret McLean, age 64, was convicted of falsely obtaining $28,000. Uh, so a bunch of these people were arrested for falsely obtaining money, but not Anne Hamilton Byrne. She was not arrested. Yes. In August of 2009, two, uh, two individuals received a financial compensation from Anne Hamilton Byrne after suing her. Her granddaughter... Uh, Rebecca Cook Hamilton sued her uh, in 2007 for alleged psychiatric and psychological illness. She alleged uh, she recovered cruel and inhumane treatment for uh, Hamilton Byrne and her servants, including beatings, being looked in freezing sheds or not, and being forced to take medication. She alleged that she was given in infant food, her award was estimated to be uh, $250,000. So in the original case in 1987, they were they were not 
uh, people thought they were going to be arrested for a lot of more things, but one charge after one charge were dropped, and more or less they walked away from that uh, court case with hands free. So they weren't weren't uh, they weren't uh, at all. Uh, uh, in jail for uh, kidnapping these kids. Well, one of the biggest problems is that none of these people, none of the, well, there was one kid that was uh, against them, and most of the kids were still under the guise of this cult, and all the cult people aren't going to testify against her. So uh, that was a real issue. Um, uh, let's see. And then, as far as Anne Hamilton Byrne goes, she's still alive? Uh, would it say she was 98 years old? She's in a uh, Melbourne nursing home, uh, close to death with dementia. Uh, and so she never really got in trouble for any of this in the end. No. Nope. The police estimate that Ham. Hamilton Burns fortune and, uh, was as much as 50 million dollars in the 1980s. Yeah. And it's very 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 sad. Yep. It's a very very sad thing and it's uh yeah. What would you rate this TV show? I mean as a TV show, it's probably excuse me. It's probably a 5.5. It's pretty average. Yeah, I would give it a 6. So, any final thoughts? Yes. Um, I think uh, this rates high on the crazy scale. I think this whole story and how they got scot free uh, <coughs> is, is pretty amazing. How much they did towards those uh, people, and uh, how little they got in trouble for it. Uh, so I will say this rates uh, seven point five out of ten on my crazy scale. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. Seven point five seems about right. WrestleMania weekend—that means fifteen fucking matches, Luke. There's gonna be more than that on the show. I know, I know, I know. Actually, we can. Hey, we have. We'll do our tie. Do you want to do our tiebreaker at the end, or do it right now while I'm thinking about it? Because I already think I have a tiebreaker for us. Okay. Is John Cena wrestling a match or not? No. Okay. You're gonna say no, and I'll say yes. Yeah. Do you think the Undertaker will show up? Um, is this just a question, not a tiebreaker? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't think Undertaker's going to be there. I think John Z. I Maybe. almost guarantee you John Z is going to be there. I'm not sure if he's going to wrestle oh. a match or not, but I know he's going to, like, he's already oh, yeah, there. Yeah. I, he I, will I, be there, yeah. but, but uh, you asked me if he will have a match. Right, because that's way more interesting of a bet. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. you, you will be there, yeah. I mean, we could have bet on 
who he's going to wrestle, because I think he's going to have a match, but you don't think he's going to have a match, so I think this is a better bet. I think he might wrestle Elias, to be honest, because Elias is not in anything, so. Oh, I would love to see that. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's our tiebreaker. Anyway. Let's start. Jeez, yes. uh, uh, this is way out of order. I guess start with one of the pre-shows there. Yeah, uh, uh, let's do the Women's Battle Royal. Okay. Uh, we pick uh, uh, each one that has been on the list. Right, okay. Why don't you go first? I will pick Asuka. Asuka, okay. Um, see, I want to pick somebody that, like, I think it's going to be somebody that we don't want to win. Oh, I'm looking at the men's and going, why is it not... Uh, <laughs> okay, then you will pick Dana Brooke. <laughs> Nobody wants Dana Brooke. I win. was either thinking like uh, Mandy Rose, yeah, or Lana. <laughs> Did Oscar win last uh, time? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember who who won last year at all. No. Uh, mm. fuck it. I'll go with Mandy Rose. Okay, I will change mine to Carmella. Is that okay? Okay. I think Asuka won last year. I have a strange feeling she did. Okay, next. So. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yes. Uh, then we take the men's Android Giant Battle Memorial Battle Royal uh, Battle Royal Battle Royal. All right, now I, I go first, I guess. Wow, I should have thought of this. I'm pretty sure Braun Strowman's not going to win. Uh, no. It's kind of sad he's even in this, to be honest. Let's see, who yeah. could win this? Uh, clearly not Victor or Connor are going to win this. Uh, I have a strange feeling about this, Luke. Jeez, I'm having a hard time. So why don't you go first? I'll let you go first because I, I really, I'm having a hard time here. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm going with EC3. EC3. Okay. I guess it's an idea. Um, I'll go. They really love him. Chad Gable. <laughs> so that is so fucking fucking random. I wouldn't be so surprised by that at all. Isn't that sad? Yeah, I can I can just picture him celebrating at the end of it. Uh, so yeah, I know. Plus, we yeah. have the Kurt Angle retirement match, so maybe it could go right into that. I don't know. Yeah, let's go with that first. Then Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Oh, there's another pre-show yeah. match you missed. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. Buddy, Betty Murphy versus Tiny... Tony Nese. Tony Nese. Tony Nese. I don't fucking know who this person is. Uh, uh, you would know him if you saw him. He's like a okay. really small but very muscly guy. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship match. Okay. I guess I'll go first this time. Um, I'll go Murphy. Yeah, I will go against you because then we have something to bet about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then we can go to uh, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. I'm actually looking forward to this. I'm uh, not. <laughs> I like Baron Corbin. I I do. I don't. 
Baron Corbin's the most boring, terrible wrestler ever. Why do you like Baron Corbin? I like his I like his personality. He doesn't have a personality. Okay, sorry. We agree to disagree. Uh, But anyway, uh, plus I don't want to see Kurt Angle murder himself either. No, like the guy is like broken. So, so what are you thinking? I'm thinking Kurt Angle will give the torch to Baron Corbin. So I think Baron Corbin will win. Okay. Then I'm going to go the opposite of you, and I'll go with Kurt Angle, and then he's going to get his win on the way out, on his way out. Okay. Uh, then uh, let's do... What else do we have that it's not for nothing? Uh, what about AJ Styles versus Randy Orton for nothing? I'll go AJ there. I will go Randy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I guess in that, the only other singles match is the Roman Reigns-Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're first. Is it okay that I say I don't care? <laughs> so a lot of people are calling this like uh, Vince's old pick versus Vince's new pick. Remember? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really don't. I really, really don't know. I have no clue. Really? You pick fair. Yeah. The guy who got just got back from having cancer isn't going to win this match, bro. I'm calling Roman Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Of course, Roman. I didn't think about that. I, I hate Roman Reigns so much that I forget that he has cancer. Oh, well, he that? doesn't anymore, apparently. But that is still going to be part of uh, the storyline. They're definitely going to be in the video package uh, before the match yeah. and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> yes, Roman Reigns is going to win. Okay. Lusos versus Ricochet. And Alex Black versus The Bar versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev for the Fatal 4-Way for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Look. Um, I don't think Ricochet and Aleister Black are going to win. Uh, I guess I'll go with The Bar. Okay. I think actually Aleister Black and Ricochet will win. Okay. Then we have uh, the singles match for the WWE Championship. Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston. I think Kofi Kingston will win. See, I have a hard time going against you on this one. Yeah. So, yeah, I, this is this one we're uh, going to g- agree again. <laughs> yeah. Then we have uh, a fatal four-way for our uh, the women's tag team championship, and it's the boss, boss and hug connection. I hate that fucking name. I was gonna say the uh, same thing. <laughs> yeah, the divas of doom, uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia, the iconics, uh, Billy Kay and Peyton Rice, versus Nia Jax and Tamina. That doesn't have a name. Hmm. Well, I don't feel like the Divas of Doom, which I feel like they had a different name, uh, This yeah. these two, back when uh, 
they were originally together, like in the early 2000s. I feel like that wasn't yeah. their name. Um, I don't feel like they're going to win because Beth Phoenix, I don't think, is going to stick around. Do you? No, no, no. All right. I have a strange feeling I... the Iconics are going to win. I'm going to go with the Iconics. Fuck <laughs> Fucking hell, that's what was my pick as well. Uh, I'm going to go with the champions. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say the champions hold it for for some reason. Uh, then we have Bobby Lashley versus Finn. I'm going to win Balor uh, for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Guess who I am picking? You're going Balor? Mm-hmm. I'll go Lashley just to make it interesting. I think Balor's probably going to win as well, but... Yeah. Uh, then we have Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. Luke? Uh, right. Jeez, this is, a, this is the hardest one for me yet. I guess I'll go Joe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, is Rey Mysterio going to stay there? Like, is is he injury? Are they uh, afraid of him getting an injury? I mean, he gets an injury just fucking looking at the ring. So I, I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm going to be boring and agree with you that Summer Joe keeps it. All right, Joe, for you as well. Mm-hmm. Then we have a false count anywhere match: uh, Shane versus the Miss. Is it my? Uh, oh no, you're first this time. <sighs> okay, Shane turned heel on the Miss. Uh, uh, but the miss is still here for some fucking reason. This is very, very confusing. Um, I will go with the miss. I think you're right. And I'll tell you why I think you're right, from. Okay. This is classic McMahon to lose yeah. at WrestleMania in a way where yeah. he gets dropped off of something really, really tall, and then he gets yeah. he uh, gets written out of storyline for six, four yeah. to six months, and then he comes back. Yeah. So he has, like, a vacation. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm saying the, uh, the Miz as well. Then we have a no-holds bar. If Triple H just loses, he must retire from in-ring competition. Triple H versus Baptista, please win Baptista. <laughs> uh, look. <laughs> um, I guess I'll go H's. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We're With starting to agree a lot. The last three yeah, we've agreed. The problem is the stipulation. If the stipulation wasn't there... I would maybe say Baptista, but because of the stipulation that he has to retire from in-ring competition. Yeah, I don't see that I, happening. I mean, e- even I, if it did happen, I still see Triple H coming back and wrestling at some point. Right. It's wrestling. Then we have 
Then we have Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins uh, for the WWE Championship. And uh, look, I'm going to say it again. If Seth Rollins doesn't win here, I'm going to stop covering WWE. I told you this. I told Bill this. I'm going to quit uh, that wrestling show. Because why should I be on a wrestling talk show? Well, if you guys talk about New Japan or TNA and you're watching that, but if you're not watching those either, then... I'm I'm just going to quit uh, WWE. I'm done with WWE. Right, but what what do you, what's your pick here? So are you saying Seth Rollins, or are you going to bet against yourself? No, no. Of course I'm not going to bet against myself. Okay, so you're saying Rollins? He needs to win. Win. I'll go against you just to make it interesting. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> 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 I'm just joking. <laughs> then we have the main event. Ronda Rousey versus Ric Flair versus Becky Lynch. Luke. Charlotte Flair. You said Ric Flair. Oh, Ric Flair. Sorry. You said Ric Flair again. Charlotte Flair. Oh, Charlotte Flair. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I, like Charlotte I always say, Flair. I cannot bet against... Flair, I think she's. I think everybody thinks Becky's gonna win, and I bet you Flair wins. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Becky. Okay. Because it's closing out WrestleMania. <sighs> yeah. All right, that was wrestling. We haven't done that in a while. No, it feels like ages. <laughs> Uh, before we go into the movie round, you wanted to talk a little about something you found. Yeah, I just saw this last night. Uh, Justice Department says en- attempts to prevent Netflix from Oscars eligibility could violate antitrust law. Uh, traditional Hollywood players are trying to thwart competition from streaming services. Uh, the U.S. Department of Justice has sent a letter to the Academy of Motion Picture. Pictures, Arts, and Sciences warning that any attempt to bar or limit Netflix or other streaming services from Oscar eligibility might violate antitrust law considering the Academy's membership includes studios and media conglomerates that compete with Netflix, Amazon, and others. So that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, The letter... The existence and context of which Variety reported earlier today suggests that federal authorities are keeping a close eye on Hollywood after reports earlier this year that filmmakers and studios would seek rule changes designed to make it more difficult for streaming services to qualify for the Oscars. Director Steven Spielberg has reportedly proposed these movies should only be eligible for Emmys unless they secure wide theatrical releases that don't coincide with simultaneous releases on streaming platforms. Uh, So if you remember, we had talked in the past about Netflix thinking about just creating their own movie theaters so that that they could get into the Oscars. Uh, But uh, Steven Spielberg saying if it was to be released simultaneously, even if it was in your own theater, uh, if it was simultaneously released... Uh, on Netflix, that that still w- would be a disqualifier. But the Department of Justice is saying that this kind of thing could uh, violate antitrust law. That's a pretty interesting story. What do you think? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think it's it's uh, very interesting. I I think it's it's uh, it's uh, good news. It means that Oscars will maybe have a little more uh, meaning behind it. It'll be a little fairer, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also think that clearly what's happening here is that these th- these uh, groups, these interest groups. Uh, cor- these corporations they were just talking about and media conglomerates that are all working together with the Oscars, they all have a vested interest in maintaining this power over uh, this kind of media, saying that the only movies that are wor- worthy of getting an Oscar have to be in, in movie theaters, which I'm those movie theaters are dealing with those media conglomerates and the studios, and they're all in on it together. You know what I mean? So um, that's what the fight is about is that th- those corporations are uh, fighting to not lose their power in, in this area. And uh, I think it's dumb. It's like you're, you, it's like the cable companies. You're a dinosaur. All right. Just get over it. You're not going to exist anymore pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, 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 very strange. Uh I told you uh, when we were having a little break here that me and my dad watched uh, Lawrence of of Arabia this week. That's because he came home from Jordan. Uh, He had been on vacation in Jordan to look at antiques and he wanted to see uh, 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 some movies from there and things like that. That movie is three and a half hours long, Luke. And yes, it is. a lot of walking. Walking in the sand, and <laughs> there's a lot of walking in the sand, and um, then there's a lot of walking in the sand. And you know what was, I like to make sure uh, when I'm walking around in the, in the desert? I really want to make sure I have a lot of mascara on, because that's <laughs> apparently really important. <laughs> it's very, very important. Yeah, no. It's uh, it's just like it's it's uh, it doesn't stick up very good. It's very um, yeah. It's uh, very dated, very very dated. Okay, uh, let's see. What did I see this week? Um, I saw Vice finally. Uh, oh, the good movie about uh, what Dick Cheney there. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I thought it was funny, but at the same time, I felt like it was, there were certain things it did that kind of, um, let people off a little bit that probably didn't, that are, that did bad things. And it kind of, uh, makes light of them in a way, like how the, they talk about Colin Powell, almost like he's a good guy. Colin Powell's not a good guy. George Bush is not a good, wasn't ever a good guy. They kind of make it seem like almost they make George Bush, um, he's just this jovial idiot. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't know any better like that. And in a way it almost Mm -hmm. like justifies it, but, uh, it also shows it in a bad light. So overall the acting was really, really good. The, the, um, makeup was obviously the best thing in this whole movie. Uh, there was kind of a part in the whole middle of it that they skipped, like, how he got into politics. They went from him not being in politics, all of a sudden he's in politics. I would have liked to have 
seen that part of it. But overall, I gave this a six. Really? That's mm. low. Uh, mostly because it felt a little bit um, off to me. I don't know. Something felt a little... Mm. Uh, almost the way... Almost how I feel about John Oliver. Like, it's a comedy movie. Mm. It's a comedy movie, but it's talking about politics. And when you talk about politics in a com comedic way, it can uh, put things in a light that makes them seem funny, even though they're terrible. Does that make sense, bro? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We teased that, that we should talk about him when we did WrestleMania picks. We totally fucking oh, forgot. Oh, yeah. We totally forgot that. Actually, I have this right here. Uh, uh, so let's go into it now. Uh, yeah. The John Oliver piece on uh, the WWE. Very interesting mm -hmm. timing for this to come out, I think, considering it's the week before WrestleMania. What do you think? Uh, he did it because it was the week before WrestleMania. Right. Uh, I almost think this is not a... like uh, People are taking it as a hit piece, which it definitely is a hit piece, but I almost feel like... To WWE, they're probably thinking any press is good press, and this got yeah. huge press. Now, this this in a in a way was an advertisement for WrestleMania, uh, even though it was negative press. But I don't think who was it I was listening to some pod. I want to say it was the Melts was saying like a a casual wrestling fan really doesn't care that these guys are using steroids or that they're, you know what I mean? Right. That's not really an issue to the casual wrestling fan. They're still going to watch WrestleMania if they're going to watch WrestleMania. So what, mm. uh, what he, uh, Oliver did was he almost advertised for them right before their biggest show of the year. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. what do you think about the whole thing? Uh, I liked it. I mean, it's very clear <laughs> that he's a smart uh, he's very smarky, and he 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 clearly loves wrestling. Um, it's very clear from the piece that he did and what he said that he loves wrestling. So it's very. Uh, I I I know that you don't especially like the the guy and didn't really like or oh, uh, maybe this. I I I thought it was interesting enough, and I agree with his point of wrestlers uh, uh, not having the same uh, protection behind what they do in the ring is important to look upon when they are independent contractors for WWE. It's, it is a very weird thing uh, to say that people are independent contractors when you are not allowed to, to do anything WWE says you can't that's not no, no independency in in the contracts that they have with wwe right so looking in into that part and criticizing that part of it i i totally agree but do you know how long this specific criticism has been going on since like for a long long yeah since long like the time. 70s this is not a new yeah. revelation i mean it's no, a new no, revelation no. to a lot of people watching john oliver's show no. definitely yeah, yeah. um oh yeah but it's not anything. I, 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 I think the piece he did was uh, thoroughly researched and was very funny. <laughs> and I it gave uh, Mr. McMahon and the company a bad rap. And I, I think, I think uh, what he did was the right way to do it. 
Um, That's my I think it was uh, either Brian Alvarez or Dave Meltzer saying they speculated that this was um, a lot of this was a reaction to the Saudi Arabia thing that these this uh, you know this is a kind of a left wing show they saw the Saudi Arabia Arabia thing happen that kind of put the gears in motion to investigate WWE. Once they started investigating it, they started finding all these things, and that's what turned into this segment. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's speculation, but I think that it has a lot to do with it. Mm. Not just that this week was WrestleMania. I think the that the investi- uh, their investigation into this probably was a, a fairly lengthy, just by the length of the piece. I mean, this was, what, 40 minutes long that they did at least on uh, WWE? 20, 20, 30 minutes, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, thirty minutes yeah. we'll say, just to cut it in in the middle. I don't exactly remember, but I mean yeah, overall I mean, it was funny. I thought it was comedically uh, hilarious, but yeah. those kind of shows, I I feel there's a lot of um, twisting of things by making them comedy to m- not make them seem bad in those kind of shows, and I get I get a little oh. skeeved out by it, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, back to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Glass this week. Uh, I was very, very looking forward to this. Uh, it's the third movie in the tri- trilogy of uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan- uh, that's his name, by the way. Did you know that? Shyamalan? Uh, uh, yes, I did know that. Yes. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I really, 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 really uh, like this movie. I can see the criticism they got for it, but I, I totally forgot about. I read reviews of it after I was done about people that didn't like it and what they didn't like about it and things like that. Okay. Uh, I, I. I kind of understand where they're coming from, but for me, this was the perfect ending of that trilogy of of movie, Unbreakable. Uh, uh, then uh, what was Psych- Psycho One? <laughs> I don't <laughs> even remember. Split, split, I only ever saw Unbreakable. Split. I never saw the second un, one. Yeah. Un, yeah, Unbreakable, Split, and then now Glass. Uh, and I give it uh, 7.5 out of 10. Alright, I saw a Netflix movie called The Highwaymen. Yeah. Uh, With Kevin Costner? Kevin, yeah, I knew it was Kevin Costner, but who's the other guy? Uh, Woody Harrelson. There we go. For some reason, yes. I could not remember Woody Harrelson's name. Um, I'm a bigger fan of Woody Harrelson than I am of Kevin Costner, but... This movie was about um, the uh, police that uh, the invest they're trying to find Bonnie and Clyde. These two guys that are, were former Texas Rangers or whatever, and they're older. So it's like a kind of an old guy buddy movie, but also about murdering people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, but it, it it went into the whole thing about how Bonnie and Clyde, like at the time, the regular public kind of saw them as. Um, Robin Hood almost, and the police saw them as these evil criminals. So it goes into that whole 
situation and the movie itself was all right but it was like it was a little republican pop propaganda i gave it a 3.5 i didn't think this movie was very good oh okay uh the last movie i saw this week i will talk about a little later how about that okay but let's watch the audio trailer for unplanned Abby Johnson is in the other room. Okay. Who's Abby Johnson? Yeah, are we supposed to know who that is? Order of business is to present Planned Parenthood's Employee of the Year Award. Abby Johnson. This is Abby. from the writer oh, of God's Not Dead. God's Not Dead. Oh. The youngest director in Planned Parenthood history. You'll actually be in charge of the abortions at your clinic. I have a chance to make a real difference. Okay, we got a bunch of protesters. The only thing that's changed is you, Abby. Can you even hear yourself talk right now about these procedures? These are little babies. I'm not going to apologize for doing a job that... Oh, yeah, the acting is amazing in this already. I can tell from that guy's amazing line read. Okay. Oh my god. This is Republican propaganda, isn't it? Mm, Christian propaganda. We commend the souls of these hundreds of children. And Lord, we it this was at, out in thousands of theaters, though, Fro. This is not just like a small release. I could not even understand what she just said because she was crying while she was talking. I would rather have a vasectomy uh, without any narcosis than watching this movie, love. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would rather sit on broken glass 24 hours. I can't be a part of this anymore. Everything that they've told us is a lie. Fucking hell. That changed everything. Everything they told us was a lie, bro. Congratulations. You make an enemy of one of the most powerful organizations on the planet. That is absolutely not true. <laughs> Planned Parenthood is not one of the most powerful organizations on the planet. Are you fucking insane? Uh. <laughs> uh, they're so much more powerful than like the UN and uh, the EU and uh, the, the <laughs> United States government and um, the NAACP and uh, the NRA and I can think of about a hundred things that are less powerful than APAC um, okay let's get into this so what is this Oscar nominated movie all about Luke Abby Johnson becomes the youngest clinical director of in the history of Planned Parenthood. Then a life-changing experience turns her into an anti-abortion activist. Uh, 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right there in the middle. Uh, really doesn't have yeah, anybody but, I've ever heard of in it. But look, it has 93% on... Uh, 
the audience liked this movie. It's almost like I believe none of the Christian people came out and voted for this or something. It also was 89% of Google users liked it as well. Uh-huh. All right, let's go into You want to do a review first? Do you know what? I want to do a one-star review from The Guardian. We usually don't use uh, 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 newspapers, but I found this. Okay. Um, um, uh, Anti-abortion propaganda is a gory mess. <laughs> In a dim-witted Christian drama, part financed by the discreet founder of the pillows of a pillow manufacturer, a woman discovers abortion is evil. <laughs> and it starts. I've been, it's been five years since having a general Christian production studio, Pure Flix, and their anniversary hit God is Not get, de- Dead. The Arizona based outfit uh, pumps out uh, predictable movies each year. But this Easter season, with unplanned, they have taken a page out of Hollywood's playbook they claim to despise. More sex and gore. Don't get too excited. The sex is off screen, but there's a result of lots of unwedlocked pregnancy. And the gore doesn't come from action uh, adventure sequences, but from grisly abortion complications with chunks of blood fetal tissues slaps against cold title power. It's disgusting and could even work as effective as anti-choice propaganda if it wasn't so harmfully handled stitched together. Abortion is a serious topic. This movie is ridiculous. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Common Sense Media page, but I'm not even going to mention anything about it. All oh, right. Oh, come on. Oh, please do. They, it has a five for violence. That's all I'm going to say. All right. <laughs> a um, five? A five. A five mm. out of five for the violence. Uh, 17 plus is what they're saying. Three out of five overall. <laughs> Let's see, uh, review. Let's see. Uh, da, da, da. Probably uh, a- a- Allison Henkel from Facebook. Probably one of the first Christian movies that doesn't feel cheesy or awkward to watch. I love how Abby's story accurately portrayed. I don't feel like the movie was trying to make me believe in God. The fact that Abby's life and drastic changes from a PP- oh, uh, Planned Parenthood director to pro-like activist speaks for itself. Only God could orchestrate the closure of a Planned Parenthood facility where Abby worked uh, and then make it a headquarters for 40 days for life. I'm confused by this a little bit because she says, I didn't feel like it was trying to make me believe in God. And then the last sentence is, only God could orchestrate the closure of a Planned Parenthood facility. Which one it is, uh, yeah. is it, Allison? Uh, I found, yeah, it's uh, everything you, yeah. Half star, ridiculous propaganda, ridiculous slanted, poorly written, badly acted. All you need to know that there has a cameo by the my pillow guy, who notoriously suspect supports racist and white nationalist causes, along 
with far-right propaganda like this horrifical production. Conclusion? Sm smother it with my pillow. <laughs> have you ever seen those commercials? My pillow. Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Hernandez says, "When the Facebook rantings of your grumpy, out of touch neighbor just aren't enough, uh, so you have to pay ten dollars to go see the see them in movie format for two hours." <laughs> Some other movies. Ooh. I'll start with The Beach Bum. Came out last weekend. Mm -hmm. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Uh, Zach Efron and Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Moondog mm -hmm. is a fun-loving, pot-smoking, beer-drinking writer who lives life on his own terms in Florida. He can put down the drugs. Uh, if he can put down the drugs for one minute, he may finally be able to put his talent to good use and finish the next great American novel. Because you know, book sales are so. Huge here in 2019. Oh, right. 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. 52% of Google users like this movie. Okay. Uh, then there was this movie I've seen this week, Luke. Okay. It's called Dumbo 2019. It's a reimagination of uh, Dumbo, the original. It has uh, Eva Green, Colin Farrell, Dan DeVito, uh, Michael Caton. Uh, 87 of the Google users uh, liked it. Uh, it has a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, and it has a 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. And 48%, huh? Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, when an anti-abortion <laughs> movie gets... 2% better on Rotten Tomatoes? 2% more. <laughs> more. I'm not sure I trust Rotten Tomatoes scores anymore. Uh, well, this but, uh, is Tim Burton, and I did see uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so I'm not super surprised. <laughs> well, look, I can tell you this. It is extremely bad. Okay. Tim Burton has just lost his flair, hasn't he, that guy? He has totally fucking lost his flair. Uh, this is atrocious. Uh, oh, it's so bad. Um, I saw this with Tron. My friend Tron. My other Tron. Another Tron. Someone told me this week, like, is all of you people in Norway called Trum? Um, when we have one on the podcast and one of my best friends is called Trum that I watch this movie with. And uh, we came out of the movie and I, I, I turned to Trum and I said, uh, what did you think about this? And, I, and he looked at, at me and he said, oh, I'm so happy we're done with that movie. <laughs> it was boring it was uh, very unburtonesque it was very 
um, clearly that Disney has had a chain between uh, around Burton's na- uh, neck. Uh, and do you know what? The, the, the cutest thing about this is the elephant. Other than that, I'm going to use this very stupid uh, pun. It was a big third of a movie. Okay. I give it a two out of ten. Wow. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I know which movie I want to see this week. Well, me too. The Beach Bum? I'm flat. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We both want to see Unplanned, don't we? <laughs> I have no interest in seeing that. I mean, it would probably be hilarious with a riff track, but that's probably the only way I'd watch it. Uh, if somebody paid me a million dollars to see that movie, I'm not even sure I would. Hey, you can go to audibletrial.com uh, slash another digital citizen. That's audible.com slash another digital citizen. You can get a free book and a free 30-day trial of Audible. Do it. Do it now. Uh, Next week, we will cover news of the week. We will do WrestleMania predictions. We will do another digital review of Shazam that I am really looking forward to because it's has actually gotten some very, very, very good reviews. Uh, For a while, when I f- put this on here, I thought it was like Kazam, and it was going to be about a genie, but no, this is some superhero movie. All right. Right. Uh, then we will do Armenia and Australia in the Eurovision. We will do WrestleMania prediction, uh, results. Sorry. And then we will discuss ve- something very, very interesting. And I can't wait to talk about this. Uh, TV and movies that predict the, the future, like The Simpsons predicting Donald Trump would win the election. That's one very good example. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people point to Star Trek, but we'll talk about that as well next week. Yeah, next week. Anything uh, else that we forgot? Let's see, did I write anything? Astu- uh. Oh, PewDiePie. We didn't talk about PewDiePie, did yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Very beginning we oh. talked about it. Yep. Okay, cool. All I wrote down that I didn't talk about is I wrote down, people think wrestling, pro wrestling is a sport, apparently. Because there's all these people <laughs> when the John Oliver thing came out that were comparing like wrestling to like football. Why don't they have a union like football? Well, it's because they're not the fucking same thing. It's not a sport. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't a sport, but people get hurt, so it's important. They get hurt more, I would say, than football, probably. Yeah. I think they should... I mean, I'm, I'm all for a union. I just don't think it's going to happen because of... Uh, anybody who's been around wrestling this long knows that it if it hasn't happened yet, uh, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Jesse Ventura fought for a union for years, and it never happened, so... Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I think that's uh, the end of the show. Don't you agree? I agree. From Norway, my name is Fro. His name was Luke, and he's from the United States. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye.